And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, hello and welcome. I hope you had a fantastic Memorial Day weekend. It is time to start talking about fights, though. That's why my man Josh Thompson is sitting there looking all educated with yes. his glasses on, getting be. ready to talk and spew a bunch of nonsense. What's a, up, dude? It's going to take a lot more than these glasses to make me feel educated, my friend. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I'm pumped, man. I'm pumped for this week. Uh, you've got this uh, good little good little UFC fight in the main event uh, with Kai Kara France and Amir Albazi. Should be good. I mean, I think uh, Kai Kara France got his hands full, but we're going to see. But, uh, John, how was your Memorial Day weekend, my friend? Yeah, it was uh, called work. Just work. Just work, 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 work. You work. really got to tell Miss McCarthy to give you a day off. <laughs> It's got, there is no days off. It's ridiculous. It, it has, you know, it has nothing. It's dude. You know what? You live on a farm. There's stuff to do. It doesn't matter if it's a holiday or not. You got to get it done and stuff. So shoveling cow shit and all that stuff, all the good stuff in life, baby. Gosh, man, John, I have. This you will not believe. Have you ever been around cows a lot? Yeah, they smell. <laughs> no, they don't. Smell. Yes, they do. Oh, and their shit dirty smells. Cows, man, their <laughs> shits can smell. That's true. Their shits can smell. I tell you, you know, it's funny because I have like five. I have five cows, and they're all different sizes. And I got this one. I call her Patty because she's going to be hamburger because she's a pain <laughs> in the ass. <laughs> wow. Oh, geez. is she a big but, one? Oh, she's big. Oh, she is freaking huge, and she is mean. She's just a nasty disposition bitch. But that freaking cow can shit. Josh, I'm telling you, each one's about at least 25 pounds. It's unbelievable. Is that why you call her Patty? Because she makes big patties? Big, big shit no, patties? No, I call her Patty because she's going to be a hamburger patty oh, soon. Oh, man. man. I thought it was a big shit patty. Oh. Nope. John, I have this thing. I don't know if people, I want to know if you guys, if this happens to you guys in the comment section, just comment down below. I don't ever really bite my tongue, but I have for some weird way. Wait, wait, some wait, weird wait. Way. How, how all of a sudden you come up with, I don't really bite my tongue. I, like, you know, when you bite your like tongue. Is that like an expression or, or no, no, no. actually biting your like tongue? Like actually biting your tongue. Do you, okay. do you bite this? Like, have you ever, when you're eating food, you bit, you bite like the side of your tongue? Yep. Yeah. Most people do. Right. I mean, like when I was younger, I used to bite the side of my tongue. Something's happened. Like. I got Invisalign a long time ago. <clears throat> something's happened. <laughs> but something's happened now, John, where I bite the underneath part of my tongue. <sighs> like the little like the little vein that connects in my tongue. I, I, for some yeah. reason, I don't bite the sides of my tongue anymore. I bite underneath it. It's fucking so painful. And I don't know how or why, but it happens all the time. And it sucks. I wasn't sure if it you've ever sucks. done that. I wasn't sure if you've oh. ever done that. Not, not biting underneath yeah. my fucking tongue. How do you do uh, that? That's, uh, that's, that's, we, it's almost impossible. I know. It's, I, I can assure you it's very possible. What <laughs> the hell are you doing with your tongue? I, I don't even know what it is, John. I don't know how, but all of a sudden I started biting like the little vein part underneath my tongue and it fucking hurts. It's like a real, real pinch. Like where you bite the side of your tongue, you can you can taste the flesh a little bit when you bite your tongue. Yeah. But when I get yeah. the underneath part, it's like a pinch. It's a really really painful pinch. Anyway, well, I'm sure it's painful. Oh, it's disgusting. I hate it, man. I absolutely hate it. Um, 
But outside I'm, of that, I got I got to send Dave some stuff here. Okay. Because I'm going to talk about this because this is oh, definitely bad bad juju. Uh-oh, bad right. juju. Bad juju. You can send it to me while Josh rants on about his tongue. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Wow. He's going wow. on his tongue. Well, I, I'm feeling betrayed by both of you guys right now. No sympathy for no, me. No, 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 no. I'm listening. I am listening about you biting the underside of yep. your tongue, which makes you, oh. as we would call, special. We didn't talk about that. We didn't talk about that. So there is yep. what I got to wake up to in North Carolina, you bunch of criminal bastards. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, it looks so beautiful there, but then little little do we know they've got thugs running around well, breaking into people's if cars. If Dave goes to the next one, it'll show you exactly what it looked like on the inside when I freaking opened the uh, door. Oh yeah, that's looking really good. Jeez. Yep. Now and I, then I, I'll give you the next one of this is me driving home. Yeah, I'm just getting I'm waiting for it to send right now. A classy, classy ride. So when did, when is the window supposed to come in? Because you have to order it through the uh, company. Yeah, I get it in two days. See, that's I gotta, a I'll go get it taken care of. That's what happened with my with my car too. Um, so you were there in San Jose. Someone tried to break <laughs> into my car. A Home Depot. That's box. my uh, that was my window coming Jeez. home. Seven hours. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. I'm sorry. It sucks. <laughs> that ain't your fault. You I know, but but it, it kind of was my fault. <laughs> like. So we nah. met. We we drove up to Raleigh instead of being down by Fort Bragg for the last night to to visit one of my friends, who happened to be one of my sponsors and um, Oak Grove Technologies. And so we met up with him for have have dinner, nice dinner, you know, good company. Got to socialize a little bit. But then John wakes up the next morning to this thing here. I had left at like four in the morning, I think. I think my yeah. flight was at like six, so I had to leave at like four thirty. Yep. Yeah, man, just man, what a yep. shit. And then you, then Elaine, uh, Miss McCarthy sends me a text. Goes, "Hey, uh, John's fucking truck got broken." And I was like, "Shit," you know. It's like I feel bad because it's like we went up there to have yeah, dinner with someone that I was friends with, and yeah, this shit happens. It's not. Did you break my window? No, I did not. I it's did not, not your fault. No, but okay. next time you get out of hand, I might. <laughs> <laughs> you break my window, you're gonna wish you didn't. Because oh. it was when that when, when as soon as I walked, I walked out, and I, and I'm, I go get the, the side of my vehicle that i'm walking to you know it's fine it's obviously on the opposite side and i freaking you know hit the the automatic door and i open it up and went mother yeah and I'm immediately i'm pissed and then i'm like all right get unpissed because there's no one here for you to hit yeah <laughs> i can't do anything it's like all right well just but is but they, is. they didn't steal really anything. They stole because you had a drone that was in there that was worth a, what a thousand dollars or did. so, like a nice yeah. drone. And they didn't steal yep. that. There was other things in there they could have taken some head, Dude, some, they some had Bose headphones. They were just some, sitting right there. Uh, yep, but that's because they found something, uh, and then they were looking. Oh man! But I think I think the I alarm. Never, I think the alarm probably scared them away. They just I don't know. as fast as they possibly could grab whatever they saw. I don't know. They grabbed a magazine. I had a magazine. In uh, uh, you gotta leave. You gotta leave those smut magazines at home, man. Not that kind of magazine, <laughs> you stupid. I know, I know. Look, when you're on the road, man, you gotta travel yeah. with what you got. Smut magazines work for me. Yeah. Well, that's, 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 oh, Miss McCarthy that. and I are into that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till she hears this podcast. It's oh, gonna yeah, be great. I'm in trouble She's again. Like, Damn you, John. <laughs> 
<laughs> I get hit um, all the time. It's no, I'm used to it. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just uh, I, I've got the 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 biting of the tongue underneath. I've got the breaking of the car. Memorial Day weekend. I thought it was. I had a good weekend. A uh, good time with some friends that I hadn't seen in a long time. Got together one of um, one of my friends uh, and these three boys. Well, they have a daughter too. Uh, but then the three boys and then the daughter. They all used to train with me, so I became really good close friends with their dad and their mom and and uh, their their father passed away just recently. Um, right around the time Anthony Johnson passed away, and oh. I had like a, a month of just shit with just yeah, friends. And it was horrible, but he, but it was his three boys. They all have a birthday in May. So they celebrated it all together. And, uh, yeah, you know, at their house, it was good to see all the, the whole crew back together, see the kids, you know, and it's, uh, it's been a little bit. So, but it's, uh, it was good to see all the kids. Kids are, kids are doing well. Very, very, um, the youngest or not the youngest, the, the youngest daughter, she's, she's got a, a scholarship, uh, playing softball at one of the local high schools here. And, uh, the brother, the middle brother is, uh, like plays for the like little league, uh, world series type ba- baseball. He's really good. His team's really damn good. And then the older brother goes to, uh, Chapman university down in LA area. So good family, good kids. Yep. Orange County. I used to work at Chapman university. Did you? I it's, did. it's a really nice school. I got it. I got, I, you want to say how I got the job? I was, I was, uh, working for a, company was called jns they would uh do street painting and do parking lots and do like the big cement you know bumpers that you park up next to so i was at chapman college putting doing a parking lot and dropping those cement things and the head of security comes over he sees me and and i was big at the time no fat and uh very muscular at the time he looks at me he says hey you want a job where you don't have to sweat like that? And I go, doing what? And he goes, just riding around in a cart, being security. I said, absolutely. <laughs> Got a job. <laughs> oh, man. And then that, that led to you being a police officer? No, it's just, you know. Yeah. Was, I, I did it for a short amount of time while I was uh, in between college things. Gotcha. gotcha. It was good. All right. Well, hey, let's get into this uh, UFC card. Is there any other cards this weekend? There's no other cards this, this weekend, no. The, um there's a one FC, I think, from Lumpini Stadium in yeah. Thailand, but it's all it's all Muay Thai, all Muay Thai, and people I've never heard of. So I'm not going to try to pretend like I know who they are. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right. So let's uh, let's jump into this fight. You got Kai Car France versus Amir Albazi. Good fight, man. Good fight. But I it, think it, Amir it is, is going to be a little too much in the wrestling for him. Man, this is a hard matchup for Kai. Kai Car France has got power as a flyweight which is something you don't see a lot of mm-hmm. you don't see guys that have that one punch snap where they can really hurt somebody and he follows things up very well he's good in the stand-up you know but his weakness is what josh oh wrestling oh wrestling and mr amira balzi is what a pretty good wrestler he's got some a skill. pretty goddamn good wrestler and pretty yeah. good on the ground al Bazi is he's tailor-made mm-hmm. Uh, to beat Kaikara France. I'm not saying that Kaikara can't win this, but it's going to be an uphill battle, in my opinion, going against Albazi. Albazi's good. He doesn't get enough credit for how good he is. Well, Kaikara France fighting for the title, right, recently? And then that was his last fight? Yep. Coming up short. And when you come up short, it depends on the motivation level. Like Once you get to that title shot, and if you come up short, do you feel like 
you're starting all over? Does your chaining, like you're like, okay, look, I reached my, I reached my peak. Like now I'm going backwards. Is your motivation still there? That That's, that's a question to be asked. The other thing too, is that he's 24 and 10 is his record. Kai Kaur France. Yeah. Are you starting to look at the terms? Are you, you start looking at that going, Hey, you know, I've got 10 losses, not him, but other people. I mean, like for myself, I would look at him. I look at Obazi, he's 16 and one. You look at Kai Car France, he's 24 and 10. Kai Car France, he's very good on the feet. He's got good takedown defense. Not the best, but it's good. Uh, he's got good movement. He can mix up his striking, but Albazi can, he can throw some big shots. He can close that distance. He can press it to the fence. He get the takedown, control the top position and really make Kai Car France slow down. If he can slow him down, which I believe he will. I, it's going to be a really tough matchup for Kaikara France. And I think that the 10 losses, you start looking at fighters that have lost 7, 8, 10, 12, whatever it is. I don't want to say that they have accepted losing, but I don't think, I don't think he's at that level of accept. I don't think he's there yet because he's still relatively like young and still really good. But is he able to refocus after losing the chance of winning the title? And regather himself and create a second second uh, run at the title. Is he able to do that? This we're going to find out in this fight. You know, has he made any adjustments? How does he plan on keeping this fight on the feet? Is he going to look to circle and move, stick and move? Is he going to if, if he tries to load he's up and land? To learn. Be he's to learn. He's got down. to look to stick and move. Yeah, he can't be in a grappling match no. with Albazi. Can't do it. But he also can't afford to set his feet. And throw hard. He's going to have to touch, touch. There's a difference between like touch with guys like him, though. He's got the power. But if you can't sit down on your punches, do you have the power then to finish Albazi? But maybe the whole point is you don't try to get that one punch finish. You just keep making him pay, which slows him down, which then allows you to set your feet and try to go for that big shot. You know, what's crazy is that in this day and age in the MMA world, he guys like Kai Car France, they're really good on the ground. They've got good takedown defense. But Albazi, even just having the wrestling, let's say he didn't have any submissions, just the wrestling alone and the instant pressure can really handicap a kickboxer. It doesn't really go the other way because a kickboxer can can push the, the wrestler around a little bit by trying to put the pressure. But if he oversteps or overcommits, the takedown comes a lot easier. So the wrestlers, I feel like, always have the advantage. The jiu-jitsu guys always have the advantage, especially if you have someone who can wrestle and is good on the ground, like in jiu-jitsu-wise. They, they can just post a stock after you, stock after you, make you fight a very uncomfortable fight, which makes you more tired. I, I would, I'll agree with you and disagree with you because everything is about levels. Mm -hmm. There are guys out there that have had those, the ability to control range as a stand-up fighter that they've made it very difficult on wrestlers because the wrestler can't get into that range because they're so good at their movement and their footwork and landing shots that, that just stop the wrestler from being able to get in on them. You know, Israel Adesanya has made a career out of doing it. Mm -hmm. Conor McGregor at one time was making a career out of doing it. Yeah. Uh, and he did it actually less than Israel. Israel really had some good takedown, you know, defense and great range control. But like you said, everything is about levels and how good, because you can take a look at, you know, Habib. Connor did a really good job of stopping Habib in that first round with the takedown, 
as far as his defensive wrestling until he brought himself into that realm of I need to strike you. And then all of a sudden it just started to, mm-hmm. you know, roll downhill for him and that he couldn't stop what Habib was doing just based on levels. His level of grappling just can't match up with that level of certain people. So it just depends on here against. I look at Albazi's one of the better grapplers there is in the flyweight division. That's going to make it tough because we, we've seen Kaikara France do well with certain guys as far as when they're trying for takedowns. But again, different level with Albazi as far as his grappling. Well, him coming, Kaikara France coming off of um, his loss for the title, does that put Albazi basically next in line if he gets a win? Well, Pantoja has yeah. got the fight. Yep. So you've got Pantoja, you know, who's got the, the next shot at the title. But yeah, I think Albazi's right there. You're looking at the guy that he gets a win here. He's setting himself up for, you know, I think he's setting himself up as the number one contender for that whoever wins between Moreno and uh, uh, Pantoja unless something really happens in that fight where all of a sudden they go to a rematch. Got it. Next fight. Alex Caceres against Daniel Pineda. Really a... Uh, an unusual co-main event if you're if you're looking at it because Daniel Pineda we've seen him in a lot of different promotions he's been with the UFC for a while now mm-hmm. he's gotten some great wins at times you know quite a few losses on his record he's twenty what twenty eight fourteen yep twenty eight fourteen no you know well Alex Caceres twenty thirteen you know so both guys have quite a few losses but both guys bring it and mm-hmm. Alex Caceres has really become a fun fighter to watch. He's very smooth in what he does. He tries, he he does a very good job of making his opponent fight his fight a lot of the time. And he's just getting better and better. And Pineda, you're looking at a guy who getting older, but still able to turn it on. And he's trouble for everyone. I remember when he was in Bellator fighting Emmanuel Sanchez, close fight, you know, he lost it, but goddamn, the dude could fight. Yeah, Caceres has really kind of come into his own as of recently. So he's yeah. he just seems like he's a lot more comfortable taking the fight anywhere, being on the ground, being on the feet. His style of stand-up has is really kind of shaped itself where he understands how to keep the range, keep the distance. You talk about range shots. control, though. Yeah. Man, now he's yeah. really got it. He's doing a great job. So, But the fight that I'm interested in, though, is Jim Miller versus Jared Gordon. Good Why? fight. Should be a good fight because I think – Jim getting older in age, though, still has the power, but still really good all the way around. And I think he's going to do something that that Patty couldn't do. He's going to go out there and dominate the fight. I think Jim's going to go out there and be able to push on him, kind of use it, utilize all his tools, whether it's wrestling, whether it's striking, whatever it is. Jared, I think, is still, I don't want to say, he's like kind of li- not living, but there's been so much talk about that fight with him and Patty that people are that's still kind of in the mind like when he shows up for the press week this week probably they're going to be talking about that well what about patty no, they're going to be talking that? about the headbutt with bobby green that's true as well i forgot about that <laughs> that's true that i forgot about fight. that yeah. was his fight before his fight before that was uh patty patty pimlet yeah then you got yeah. bobby green the headbutt yep. but this fight though is that i think they're going to be talking about everything else but jim miller and he, that, yeah. that could be a distraction I think that could be a distraction. That could be like, hey, I'm fo- I'm not focused. Everyone's talking to me about all these other things but my opponent. And Jim Miller is at the 
he is the guy that is just always a professional. He stays focused on the guy who's in front of him, and that's what he wants to do. He's all he sees is that person and what they're good at and how I got to beat him. I think I think Jim's gonna have a good an opportunity to really get this win. I, I'm rooting for the old. I guy. look at. I look at it. There's a lot of similarities in their styles. I think on the feet, they're very close. Jared throws a little bit more towards the looping Mm -hmm. as far as the looping shots that he throws and stuff like that. But he'll stand in and throw. Jim will stand and throw. It really is going to depend upon who gets in the top position. The one thing about Jim Miller that we've seen in the last, you know, couple years of his career is he's tended to come out strong in the first round and then lose either the second round or the second and third round or, you know, something like that. So is it that he's getting more tired? Is it, you know, he's having to work harder. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think in the speed department, they match up here. I don't, I don't think that Jim is at a deficit in this where he has been in certain fights. So I agree with you. I think it's a tough fight for both. I think it's a good fight, a fight that both guys can win. I would give Jared, George, I would give Jared, George, I'd give him the the speed advantage slightly though, slightly. Um, yeah. And I I think that I want to see if Jim's going to wrestle a little bit more, because you know obviously as you get older, John, the wrestling is just not for it's for the birds. No one's trying to fucking yeah. wrestle that much. That's as you get older, you're like tired, man, man, screw this. It's a lot of work, yeah, and if I don't get the takedown now, I'm tired. Yeah, screw that. It's too much. So I mean, but this fight <laughs> it excites me because Jim being the guy, what he's got the most wins in UFC history. Yep. What, 35, 36, I think is what it is. Um, and then another oh, win. Oh, no, he doesn't have that many wins. In, in the UFC. Not in the, not in the UFC. Oh, no, not in the UFC. How many has he got? That's what he has overall. Oh, God, I One, got two, three. I mean, he's got, a, he's got a bunch. It's got to be 23, something like that. <laughs> I mean, he's a stud. You have to keep on going. Just keep on going. He's got so <laughs> many crazy, damn fights right? in the UFC. He's got more fights than anybody. Maybe that's what it was that I was thinking of. I thought he has the Look most wins because it was supposed to be him and Cowboy that had the most yeah. fights and most wins in the UFC. 41, I counted. 41? 41 fights in the 41 UFC? 41 wins. 41 wins. 40, 41 wins in the UFC. You sorry, can't sorry, have 41 wins. He got sorry, 35 sorry, sorry, wins. Sorry, on. sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Yes, 41 fights. Um, let me tell you how many wins. Uh, sorry about that. I, okay, 41 fights ca- in the UFC. That's yeah, I'm like, wow. He, he, I, wow. I That's freaking crazy. Hey, count to yourself, buddy. Don't count to us. <laughs> that is... Uh, think about nuts. that. 41 fights in the UFC itself. I mean, what a career that man's had. He's amazing. That's crazy. And when you look at him, He's though... still doing it. 24. 24? But 24 when, wins. When you look at him, you don't think like, ah, you know? Like, he, he, doesn't, he has, doesn't have the body of a Greek god. You know what I mean? Nope. <laughs> Nobody but can fight. He's a fucking gamer and he can fight. He kind of reminds me a little bit, not the way he fights, just like his body type. Remember Spencer Fisher? Oh, yeah. Kind of reminds me of him a little bit. Just the gritty, tough nosed dog. Just would love to fight. Just he loved it. Uh, he kind of, Jim Miller kind of reminds me of him. Spencer Fisher was a fucking animal, man. I, Hopefully, I he doesn't have some fight. of the problems that Spencer's had. Yeah, I know. Spencer, um yeah. I remember his what his flying knee knockout of uh who did Spencer knock out with that flying Go ahead and knee? Say it. Like, Go ahead and say it. Who God, was it? It was a guy I didn't really get along with. You didn't get along with Matt Wyman? No, no, no. People but that's used, who it was. Yeah, it was Matt Wyman. Yeah. I don't know what yeah. it was. Matt? What fight? 
Oh, I don't know. Shit, John. UFC 60. Jeez. I was already out of the UFC by then. How do I do that? Because you're so old. <laughs> like, you were I'm so old, one. I shouldn't have the memory like that. No, but you were at all these damn events. Sam's done. Man, he's got some big fights. That was Matt Wyman's first event in the UFC. Was it? He, yeah, Matt, and Matt Wyman was fight. winning the fight, right? He was doing good. Yeah. He was doing good. And he just walked yeah. right into that flying knee. I was Boy, like, holy shit. Yeah, it was, that was the end. Yep, that was the end. Good stuff, yep. man. Good stuff. Was it, is it Spencer Fisher's record? Who's uh, uh, yes, that's yeah. Spencer Fisher's record. Yeah. Man, went over, uh, lost to Hermes, huh? He was a good fighter, man. Sam Stout, Tiago Tavares, Ross Pearson. Man, Dennis Seaver. No. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, next fight. Next fight, we got one of my favorites to watch. Tim Elliott going against Victor Altamirano. Murano. Mm-hmm. Um, look, I know that Victor is going to be the favorite in this, I think. He's the younger guy, all that stuff. But Tim Elliott's just a dog, man. He just comes to fight. Uh, I just love watching the guy. Um, funny dude. I, I, I'm I'm not sure what has happened as far as where he's training at now, but uh, just love everything he does, man. He's a good good person. He just went through all this stuff on social media. Is it wasn't it him that like, posted some stuff yeah. about his wife and his oh, best yeah. friend and all this other shit, yeah. man? And now you're yeah. fighting. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> just I can't well, imagine. Like ugh. Part you know everyone's different, but some people need to have something to mm-hmm. you know. Focus on to get rid of all that. You know, maybe maybe it'll help him. Who knows? I guess but we'll it's see. Tough. It's not. It's not. It's, man, it's just so much to take in. Like especially, I don't know. When all that yes, shit starts happening, you're like thinking to yourself, "Man, I'm, am I really?" I'm thinking, "Is he really focused on this fight, or is he just focused on the paycheck?" And but he is fun to watch, man. He's fun to watch. Get down. I mean, he had his He's fight. A gamer. Yeah. So, I mean, he's he's a gamer. He'll be there. He'll be there all the way around. I remember when he fought DJ, and everyone thought yep. he was going to get walked through. And I was like, oh, man, yep. DJ's going to smash him. And it ended up being a lot better of a fight than everyone thought. It was a great fight. Yeah, he fantastic. had moments. He had DJ in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah, like, he oh, had wow. moments. That was yeah. kind of the first moment that people were realized that DJ was human a little bit. Because it's like, <laughs> you, well, because you, where did Tim Elliott come from? He, so what it was, that was the tough season. Where all those guys well, were champions in other smaller organizations, right? Yeah, all the flyweights. Yep, that's where Brandon Moreno came from, Pantoja, uh, all of those guys. But it was Tim had actually fought in the UFC mm-hmm. before that, oh. and then they got rid of him and stuff, and and he went to a different organization. Became the I think he was the the champion at Titan. Yeah, it's either Titan or Victory or something, but. You know, he got back on the show and, you know, he won the show, so which gave him the opportunity to fight DJ. And he had a great performance against DJ. He really did, man. I wish that they would do things like that more often, where they would bring back older fighters to do, like when, when they had the Matt Sarah one with GSP and just, the guy knows how to fight. Like you just, you had yep. Chris Lytle, you had Matt Sarah, you had like, you know, you have the other fighters that had Pat kind Cote, of... Travis Luter. Yep. yep. I just, it would have been... I like that 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 uh, process because giving those fighters a second chance to get back in the UFC, potentially fight for the title if they win it, there's yep. you just it's almost like they know what's at stake. 
and you're going to get good fights because they know how to fight. They're, they were good fighters at one point, you know, and they still are. They just need an opportunity and something to drive them a little yep. bit more, something to really motivate them, get them out of bed. And if you dangle that carrot in front of them, man, those were some of the best fights. Yeah, those That's guys just throwing down. I mean, Chris Lytle, man, he seemed like he was always in a fucking good fight. Always. Chris Lytle was a tough son of a bitch. Yeah. Chris Lytle, man, I mean, for a full-time fireman, and that dude, he would box on one weekend. He would do MMA on another. The guy could fight. Yeah. He was just, you know, he's doing a commentary for bare knuckle fighting. Yep. With uh, Sean. So he's a, uh, he's doing good, man. He, he's, he's a good person. He was a tough dog. But Sean, I, I did Sean one who? of his. Sean who? Whitlock? Sean Wheelock. Wheelock. Yeah. Sean Wheelock. But he, he had one fight with, uh, it was with Robbie Lawler. And uh, they were they were just going out, and at one point they both just stopped in the middle of the fight and just started screaming at each other. Is this not the fucking best? Yeah. <laughs> That's like, okay, you're both psycho, but it's yeah. awesome. Yeah, good. Guy. I remember his fight with Josh Koscheck. Man, Koscheck cut him up real bad from the top position with just some elbows oh. and some shots. He was a fucking bloody mess in that Koscheck fight. And and I you know, when I talked to Josh later. He's like. He's like, it was fucking disgusting. He's like, I wanted to throw up. He's like, there's so much blood. He's like, it was in my face. It was in my. I was like, I felt like it was getting in my mouth. He's like, ugh. That was, was that funny. was Kenny Florian when he fought uh, Sean Shirk for the title. Oh, and he sliced Sean Shirk open and it ended up underneath him the entire time. So all it was just Sean pouring blood on top of Kenny. Kenny was just like, it was the most disgusting thing ever. He goes, I never, never in my life. Wished I'd never cut someone so bad. <laughs> Is would you put Kenny in the category of the best fighter who never won a title? Oh, you know, a lot of people have talked about, you know, where Kenny would be and stuff. And he was a good fighter. Yeah. Kenny was. was a solid. He was solid everywhere. You know, his stand up, you know, he trained a lot with Mark Delagrade and, and his stand up was good. It was clean. His ground game was a lot better than people gave him credit for. Oh, it was for. phenomenal. You know. <laughs> I mean, but you listen to people, it's like, oh, BJ Penn fucking choked him on cut. It's like, it was BJ Penn, you fucking morons. Yeah, they don't get it. You know, I mean, he, Kenny Florian was really good. Every time, every time I seemed to referee Kenny, he would, he would win. But then he would get into those championship fights and he just could not find the win. But he was as good as, you know, when you're, when you're looking at guys that did not win the title. Yeah, he'd be right up there. Yeah, yeah, he's up there. I'm trying to think of who else. Top level fighters that were up there that never that never won the title. Never won a title. Yeah. Interesting. I'll have to think about that. We have to maybe do something like that. Break something yeah. down where somebody is. I like that. See which fighters that were right there that just never were able to grasp it. Oh, man. I, I look at you, you uh. Romero. I would say yeah. that. I mean, like he's got an opportunity coming up here against Nemkov in Chicago. That's right. But he does. If he doesn't get it done then, I mean, oof. You know, so he's um, a physical freak. It's disgusting. I'm so I'm he so is, like I'm younger he than is him, but so he looks unusual. He yeah, he's very. I'm younger than him. Yeah, I'm younger than him. He fucking looks like he's like a Greek god. Just like when I think of when I think of when they were when I watched that movie 300 and they talked about the babies that like seem like they were defective. They threw over the ledge uh, threw off, off of the a cliff. cliff. Yeah, 
he was like yeah. the baby that came out already with muscles and traps and shit. They're like, yeah, this is our fucking warrior. Yeah. I think of like this a Spartan, a, a Spartan warrior. That's exactly what I think of is fucking Yoel Romero. <laughs> I'm like, this guy, it's, it's, I mean, can you imagine being like trying to fight that guy? Hell no. Oh. Hell no. Do you know he doesn't, he never lifted weights. Oh, I don't believe that. I swear to God, dude, you know, everything so is plyometrics, push-ups, sit-ups, you know, oh, so just crazy. body weight movements. Yeah. I mean, I can see it, but I mean, I don't know how you build that type of muscle without lifting weights. I mean, he's just. I don't either. But that dude, stacked. that dude could build muscle sleeping. Yeah. I don't, no <laughs> doubts about it. No doubts about it. All right. Next fight. All right. We have Kareem Silva against Caitlin Souza. Flyweight matchup. It's a good matchup, but where does it go with this? Because where where does each one actually fit into the flyweight division right now? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm going to talk more about my boy Abu Bakr, who's fighting. I knew you were going to talk about Abu Bakr. Hey, man, there's certain fights that I want (laughs) to see. I don't know anything about his opponent. Do you know anything about Dos Santos? Zaleski Dos Santos. I don't know anything about him, to be honest. He is good. The wrestling could be the you know difference maker, but you know Abu Bakr doesn't wrestle sometimes. Yeah, I know. He likes he, to be in the stand up. So, well, I mean, in all fairness, Habib was out here for his camp, yep. so he was here being being big brother, <laughs> getting him going. I talked to Habib like uh, before the Monday before we went to um, Fort Bragg. And I said, oh, you know, we were talking about, I was like, you know, um, how come you, why are you back out? And he's like, brother, yeah, I, I, it's like, I love this. I, I got to be around it. He's like, and I said, I was like, don't lie, man. You know, your wife said, get out of the house, man. You're driving me crazy. <laughs> We've all, all right, been you've there. You've been here? Go away. <laughs> yeah. You've been here for a couple months now. It's time for you to leave. You need to get out of my space. <laughs> so, but, uh, but yeah, good for him. Abu Bakr knows he's in shape. He's got, he's at a great camp. Physically, he's good. He's got great. Head, that's great always sparring. the question. No, that's he's really. Oh, look at that's the real question with Abu Bakr is, does he get tired? Because every time we've seen him have a loss, it's because he got exhausted. Yep. yep. If so. he gets in shape, if he's in shape, man, he's tough to beat. He's like the bully a little bit in the gym with some of these guys. Man, he can just push people around. He can wrestle them. He can strike with them. He's got power in his hands. He will take a shot to give a shot. He's a dog, man. He's someone that will. Oh, he can fight. fight. I just but want him to the have a question of mm-hmm. when when you take a look at all of them. You know, you look you looked at Khabib. Habib was always in shape. Mm-hmm. The only time I ever saw him, you know, get tired in a fight was actually the Connor fight, mm-hmm. where he took he took the third round off after beating on him big time in the second round. Should have been a ten eight round, right? The second round it was ten eight round. Knockdown did yeah. a lot of nice nice work, but you take a look at Usman. Dude's always in shape. You take a look at Umar, always in shape. The only time I will say that Islam, always in shape, but he did look tired at the end I, of his Volkanovski fight. I think he cuts too you much know, weight. You look that at was the, the, it was the weight cut. There's no yeah. doubt. And it was the amount of time that he had to recover from the weight because it was yeah. different you know, with the, the time they gave him. So that had a huge impact on it. But all those guys, it's the one thing you never, ever question is their conditioning. And... At times, and it's the, been the time that I've seen you know, Abu Bakr lose was conditioning. Yeah, it was like he got tired, and when he's not, you know, in that position and he's in shape, 
Dude, he's a stud. No, he is. He's a stud. I think he's going to be in phenomenal shape for this fight. He seemed like he was in good shape. I seen him spar. I seen him look good. So I'm looking forward to seeing him uh, see what he does. Um, look, yeah. just because you're in shape in the gym, it doesn't mean it always translates out, out into the cage. Some guys, they they put too much pressure on themselves. Some guys let the anxiety, not anxiety, but the uh, adrenaline dump get to them. You know, um, they don't they don't sometimes work through it. They don't take their deep breaths. They don't step back. Sometimes they fight at a pace that they can't really keep up with. Uh, but he's he's got honestly since he's came back into since he came into AKA and where he's at now, he's matured so much as an athlete, as a fighter, understanding what 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 needs to happen, what needs to go on. Um, but he's a phenomenal fighter, man. I'm looking forward to seeing him next fight. Yep. Johnny Munoz Jr. against Daniel Santos in the Bantamweights. Uh, Johnny Munoz, good fighter. So is Daniel Santos. I, I really enjoy watching Johnny Munoz fight. He's clean. He's technically good, fast, sharp. Daniel Santos, good fighter, good in the stand-up, good on the ground. So this is a great matchup. I think both guys match up very well. Very evenly matched, 11-2 and two versus 12-2. and two. Can't ask for much more. Yeah. Hey, you guys oh. both have the same amount of experience. Let's see who the better man is that night. Andre Arlovsky uh, versus... Dante Mays. There you go. Yep. John... I'll oh. tell you what. You take a look and you know, Andre is... He's, he's reinvented himself so many times and he's a different fighter now than he used to be. And he's a guy, you know, he's he's a, you know, a dink and dunk fighter now. He moves... He doesn't try for the big knockout. He just tries to touch you, touch you, and, and keep from getting into those firefights. Um, Dante Mays, big, but he's not real fast. Mm. They're going to be you know, close to the same as far as that. The, the people that present a real problem for Arlovsky are people that can walk through his stand-up, which Dante might be able to do, or people that can take him to the ground and do damage to him on the ground. This is a fight you can see Andre Arlovsky winning again. He's got a lot more experience than Dante Mays. You know what's funny? There's an old story of the AKA gym where <clears throat> DC and Andre were working together. They were sparring together, training together. And, uh, and I watched the whole thing happen. And he goes, he's got double unders on DC. Andre does. And this is like right after he had kind of like a fight or two after he had lost the title. You know, and um, and he had come and trained with us for a while, and it was just hilarious to watch him. The way that him and DC would fuck with each other, the way that they would get on each other. I mean, it's it was so damn good. But then the funny part was, so Andre gives the double unders, and DC, and he's like, and he's like talking to DC. I'll take you down, I'll take you down. DC's like, no way, son. So he literally belly to belly Andre Arlovsky without oh. even, without even holding the overhooks. Because Andre Andre had held on so tight, so so hard, so tight, just and DC went. just was able to throw him because he wouldn't let go, and so he went with him, went for the ride. It was it was so funny because he's like, hey, hey, hop, hop, watch this, watch this, boom, threw him. I was like, oh man. And then like a couple of days later, this is the kind of person DC is. If you're ever out with him, you gotta be very careful when you put down your credit card. So Andre. <laughs> <laughs> they're all having lunch and Andre, uh, you know, picks up the bill or whatever. And, uh, he puts down, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, sorry. Andre did this to DC. He goes, Hey, he puts down a hundred dollars and the bill was like 28 bucks. And so when the waitress comes over, 
DC wasn't paying hold attention. On, on. Who who put the hundred dollars down? DC put the hundred dollars down. DC puts the hundred dollars. Puts the hundred dollars down. But you still got to be careful with DC with your money, by the way. But no, so DC puts the hundred dollars down. The bill's like twenty eight bucks. They wants like this little like. Uh, Andre uh, said, "Keep yeah. keep the change." And Andre goes, "Keep the change to the waitress." <laughs> I love it. And so the guy, I love so Andre goes, and so the guy, the guy, DC goes, "Hey man, like he's like, hey, you, Andre goes, you ready to go?" He goes, "Yeah, we're ready to leave." He goes, "Wait, I'm waiting for my change." He's like, "Oh no, no." He's like, "I told her keep the change." He's like, "The bill was twenty eight bucks." I gave her a hundred dollar bill. He DC walked up to that girl and asked for his change. Ah, oh, that's horrible. I'm like, you You're fucking kidding. guy. Are he you did. kidding me? Did he what? actually go he up did. and ask for the ch- Oh he did. He that's did. That's bad. I'm like, bro, you're fucking Sometimes up. you gotta you got you just gotta go, you got me. Oh man. <laughs> that's ruthless. I get nervous, man, traveling because like some of the guys that we work with with Bellator, I'm afraid to say my room number around them. Oh hell yeah! I'm like, <laughs> Jake Hager was the one that kept doing that with me when I was in Hawaii. He kept <sighs> charging stuff to my room. The bastard. Did he really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, he found so out my room bitch. number. It was a. All of a sudden, I was getting all kinds of charges from the bar. Oh no, no, no! I don't do that <laughs> shit, man. I and when I I look around every time I say, you know, I go up and I need a key. Like, yeah, what's your room number? I look around to see who's there. I'm like, okay, yeah, okay, it's good. It's 410, you know, whatever it is. But, man, that shit makes me nervous. Any other fights on here you want to talk about, John? Uh, I want to say Jamie Malarkey. He's fun to watch, and he is fighting a guy that's actually a, a good matchup for him. But Jamie Malarkey always brings it, so that should be a very good fight. Him against Nymoff should be a barn burner. Good. All right, well, hey, that's going to wrap up our UFC uh, talk for this weekend's fights. And uh, Dave, you got anything else for us, buddy? Yes, uh, the first uh, thing we'll discuss here is this fight announcement. We have Aaron Pico versus Pedro Cavallo. Mm. for September 23rd. And this is, a, this is a little bit of a ways away, man. I'll tell you what. This is one of those ones. That what, this is what's going to happen, everyone, so you know. Aaron Pico against Pedro Carvalho. Carvalho out of SBG in Ireland. So when we do fighter interviews, Josh is going to listen to Aaron Pico. Aaron Pico is going to beat him. No problem. And then Pedro Carvalho is going to come in the room and Pedro is going to, he's the most confident man there is in fighting. He's awesome. Yeah. And he's going to give all the reasons why he's going to beat him. And Josh is going to look and go, I think Pedro Carvalho is going to win no, this. I, I, there's not, there's not one thing that Pedro's going to tell me that I think he's going to be, he can beat Pico. He's not going to be able to get Pico down. And the no. boxing and the and the the power will definitely go it's to Pedro. Right. The speed difference is going to yeah, be yeah. It's going to be a hard fight for Pedro. Now I'm not saying that Pedro can't win, but no. I think I'm I'm definitely I think Pico is coming to his own. Shoulders good. He had a tough gritty fight is, his, his last fight back. And this is a good. This is another good step. And I like what you know Jackson Wink has done with Aaron as far as smart and in some of the fights when they're putting him in fights and where they're putting him in fights. Mm-hmm. This one being in Carvalho's basic backyard since he lives in Ireland now. Uh, he's with John Cavanaugh and SBG, so he's going to have the crowd against him. That's a good yeah. thing. You got to have those those moments. You got to you got to feel that. And it's everything is moving him that next step towards that title. And after this, if he gets a win, that title shot should be there. Yeah, you would think. I think, and then who's fighting for the title though? It's gonna be Kennedy. No one right now. Probably Kennedy. I think because I know that uh, uh, Patricio's. You gonna got be fighting Kennedy. For that you got Bor- Borch is there, but Borch is hurt. Mm-hmm. 
Adam Borch has been hurt, so you you got Kennedy above him. I mean, below him, and then you've got Pico below him. So it should be Pico and uh, Kennedy if Pico wins. Yeah. Well, I think Adam Boris just had still. a baby, also not not him, okay. but his wife. Well, <laughs> so his hey, it's, the, it's the new world, you know. All these things. That <laughs> Why is Pico fighting backwards if he won? He just uh, wants to fight. Yeah, he just wants to fight. Try to stay as busy as he can. Because right now, Patricio is going down to one thirty-five to fight Pettis for the title there. So there might be a little bit of a holdup for the title. So you've got Jeremy Kennedy, who's going to probably wait out and see if Pico beats Pedro, and then probably Aaron Pico and Kennedy will do the rematch uh, for that fight, maybe. And then unless or Adam Kennedy Borch, and Borch in a rematch, or Kennedy and Borch, yeah. You know, Borch coming off the injury, I believe, to his knee, and then he, he had to get it scoped again. Um, so that's finally coming back around. Plus, he just had a baby. So I think he's probably just getting settled back into training full time, feeling healthy, feeling good. But he also wants to probably spend a little bit of time at home now uh, with the little yeah. one. So uh, be a support mechanism for his wife. Good for him, man. Good on him. Happy for him. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I think Aaron just wants to be as busy as he possibly can. Uh, before we move on, though, let's go ahead and go to OnlyFans.com slash Wayne in. Hey, guys, I, I want to take a different approach on this OnlyFans thing. Is I'm looking, I, yeah, I, I like the idea of what I want people to, we're the first. So that let's, we're breaking a mold right now in terms of us going to OnlyFans is one of the things that we're trying to get more athletes on there and more fighters, more representation on there because we're trying to kind of change the narrative for them. Not just about their, you know, the, the stuff that they hold and feature on their platform, but you've got already got a lot of female fighters that are on there because there is money to be made there. But, I would like to try to get some more podcasters that talk about sports, that talk about MMA, that talk about boxing, that talk about football. So let's try and let's try and get more podcasters on this platform as best as we can. I'd like to, the fact that we are the first podcast they've ever worked with. It it lets us know that we're kind of trying to break the ground for new stuff for new people to come onto this platform and kind of change the narrative a little bit and also just Damn, let fighters know. Damn trendsetters, baby. We're trying, let, we're trying to let athletes know there's money to be made on this platform. And if you guys are interested in sharing your techniques, you know, sharing your training experiences, all that type of stuff can bring in a little extra cash for you on OnlyFans.com. If you guys go to OnlyFans.com slash Wayne in, subscribe to our channel and uh, take, take a look at some of the extra content that we put out there and on there. But yeah, I'm saying this is going to be available for all other podcasters, of all, all other athletes and fighters. We're trying to get as many of you guys on here as possible so then we can start building a community of sports and athleticism on this platform. And also, too, if it's, if it's more male-based, I want to make sure that we're starting to make a drive to make sure that people understand that men deserve equal pay on OnlyFans. That's what we ought to do, though, too. <laughs> Men deserve the same amount of pay as the females on OnlyFans. I want Paige I'm, Van Zandt I'm, I'm just going to go out there on this one. No, they don't. I want Paige Van Zandt money. That's what I want. I show me go. the money. So, uh, all right. Hey, that's OnlyFans.com slash Wayne In. Subscribe to us over there. It is free. We do some extra content over there. So hit us up over there. What else you got for us, Dave? All right. Let's hop into this next one. Um Alexander Volkanovsky and Conor McGregor going back and forth mm -hmm. on Twitter and Volk suggests um, a fight at lightweight and McGregor told him, asked him if he's afraid. So <laughs> I don't know if McGregor what, can make what, lightweight. I don't think he what can. What do you think about it? I, I mean, I think First it would have to happen in the 70s, John. Yeah, it's, 70s too big mm -hmm. for Alexander Volkanovsky. I mean, I know he weighed more than that at one point. 
when he was playing rugby and stuff, but carrying fight weight and fighting. And I know he has fought at welterweight. He's fought at middleweight. But when you're talking about fighting at the very, you know, elite level, you don't want to put yourself in a position where you're giving advantages to someone based upon, oh, I just want to have that fight. Like, I think that Volkanovski against McGregor would have been a great fight at one time. It's just not a great fight now. It's not, you know, it, everyone's going to look and I'm going to get, I'm going to get yelled at for this one, but Connor has got to figure out what he wants to do because Connor hasn't fought now in several years. All right. The whole injury with the leg thing and everything. Wasn't but that last take year? A look at the, no, it's been two years almost. Really? Yeah. Take a no look. No way. John looked at, or Dave looked that up. I thought Dave it was like, it I thought it was like March or whatever last year. We're, I think it's only it's like a year removed. Over a year now. July. It was like July. It's coming, coming July? Up, I think almost on two yeah, years. Yeah, it was July 10th, uh, two years. Oh, ago. two years. Holy Hello. Shit. Almost two years. Thank you. Wow. John so, was right. <laughs> and, well, and you know, the whole point of this, Josh, is you you take a look at he he's doing things at times. You look and you go, I know that you want to be back to where you were at. I know you do, but life has changed. And having kids and all the businesses and everything as far as your focus is not what it once was. And that's what made you who you are. And you got to figure out, you know, what's important to you? Is it, you know, coming down in weight? Because look, at obviously he put on a lot of weight. Now I'm not saying it was fat weight. He got muscular. He got, you know, gained a lot of muscular size. But that's not good for fighting to sit there and say, I'm going to be more powerful. Bullshit. Okay. You're going to have to lose most of what you put on there and stuff to, to come back to that point. And he's got to figure out what is it he really wants? Because this whole thing with, you know, they have the ultimate fighter thing. It just started up and you've got, you know, Chandler on one side and you got him on the other. But I guess he just entered the USADA pool. Mm-hmm. So they're saying six months from now, you know, the, the, that damn season of the Ultimate Fighters will be long gone. Yep, and over, you know, in that six month period. And is it that you know Connor wants to get back to being that fighter that he was? It's not going to be an easy thing for him to do because he's a different person. Yeah, he's so far removed from the sport. It's not even the sports pass yeah. him up. He's he he doesn't even seem interested anymore. I mean. I was, I was reading some of the tweets from Matt Brown. He's like, man, every time I see a post, you're either drinking, you look coked out, or you're all it's, hopped it's up on true. sauce. You see him, you see him, you know, doing stuff, partying and stuff. Hey, I, I'm 100% behind you. Go party, dude. Man, you have earned it. Yeah. But what you're doing there is contrary to what you say you want to be. Mm-hmm. You can't be a partier and be the champion now. You've got to... Take all of what made you who you are and intensify it based upon you are getting older. All these things have changed. You have had injuries. It's just part of being, you know, in the fight game. You can't have all those outside interests. You can't have that outside interference. It doesn't work. I don't know. Yeah, it has to do with his motivation. I'd love to see him back to what he was. but. I think because I think look, happen. when people have hit the the peak of success, which he has in terms of 
Yes. The Mayweather fight really took him over the top. Then he had some good investments. Uh, he started the whiskey company. Then he sold it. That was another great turnaround on that. Now I he's mean, got he's, the, the Black a, Forest Stout. Yeah, beer. he's got a gin. He's only started a gin, I think, too, or something. Anyways, oh, I thought God, he was. Don't tell me he started gin. Yeah, I think he did something. Anyways, um, but yeah, he's got like another, like you said, like a Black Forest Stout or something like that coming out. But anyways, he's all he he's distracted with other things, and it's okay, and that's I think yeah. that's fine. But for people and fans to be at home going, "Hey, um, I'm paying pay per view dollars for this," like I, I want to see the real Connor. You're not you're not getting the real Connor. The other thing too is how is this going to be? Connor's not going to be not the main event. So then they're not going to have a... What do you mean? Like... Against Chandler? Yeah, it's going to be the main event. Of course he'll be the main event. Absolutely. Yeah. So you're going to charge okay. a pay-per-view where he's the main event, that there's no title on the line? Hell yeah. Yeah. So everyone else below you can't be fighting for a title then because titles are always well, on top. On. Hold on. Do, the, do, they have, do they have a main event with Justin Gaethje and Dustin Poirier coming up? That's There's a title on the line. No, that's not a title. Oh, you're hating now, John. There's the BMF title, buddy. BMF title. <laughs> a, I'm all fine with the BMF thing, but it's really not a title because it, it doesn't. You don't. You don't defend it. It kind of is. Maybe they will. It's maybe they not. will defend it. It's really not. It, maybe they will defend <laughs> it. But my thought is: is how, who are you going to have below him in the co-main? Then it can't be another title shot because then that person's going to be getting snubbed for him being the main event. Yeah. I mean, now I'm paying pay-per-view dollars to see an older Conor McGregor fight an older Michael Chandler. And then who's the co-main? Well, tough's just about to start, Josh. So maybe they're going to stick um, Conor and uh, Chandler in the same card as O'Malley. And, and then Conor hands a torch to O'Malley. <laughs> and, uh, You're such that's a That's what Aljo was saying, Con that they want O'Malley. Conor, Conor is... Connor. Connor is in no way wanting to hand a torch to anybody. Yeah. And and the other thing too is <laughs> it's that if, if it's Aljo and O'Malley, then Aljo and O'Malley would be the main event because that's a championship a fight. It's gotta yeah. be. It would be the main event. So that's my point. My point is you're not gonna have any of any title shots on a pay per view card. Whatever. Oh, it's nice. it is what it is. I get it, but it is what it is. I, I don't I don't I don't know. You know, you know it's well, gonna be. You know it's gonna be a good one and a half rounds of first fury off, from the two of Michael Chandler off, and, and Conor McGregor. They could, they could put a title fight, before, you know, as the co-main. They could. I'm not saying it's you know you're setting a precedence that is yeah. something you don't do in the fight game, but I could see them doing it. I mean, Tonner, Connor, not Connor, Dana has come out publicly and said we don't do that here. You know, back in the day they were trying to do that, and I was like, nope, uh, uh. So who knows? Who knows? Who was Wait. who was who was the main event for uh, UFC 200? Was that? I was literally just thinking the same thing. No, that's easy because it was DC. I mean, and I mean, no, it was supposed to be John Jones and DC, but it mm -hmm. ended up being Amanda Nunez against On Misha Brock. Tate. That's right. That's right. DC and Mark Hunt is hey, sorry, Brock and Mark Hunt. Yeah. Is what I was thinking of. No, that was the co-main. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah but that's and that, Daniel that and Anderson yeah. Silva was. Got it, got it. It was supposed to be John Jones and who? DC? It was supposed to be John Jones and DC. Mm -hmm. Got it. Got it. All right. Well, hey, what else you got for us, Dave? All right. Uh, sticking with the um, Conor McGregor stuff. Um, so, Hoodle thinks that the Edwards fate is a more winnable fate for um, McGregor than Chandler is. 
Do you guys agree or disagree and why? Totally disagree. Oh. Totally disagree. I I love Henry Cejudo. I think he's very smart when it comes to the fight game. I think he's got a fight, high fight IQ. I think he learned something in his fight against Aljo as far as what time does and coming back. It's, you know, fight speed and everything because he was kind of like in that same, you know, category of Dom Cruz. Oh, there is no such thing as ring rust. Yes, there, there's cage corrosion. And what happens is you're not used to the speed of things. But in my opinion, and it's just my opinion, doesn't mean shit. But Michael Chandler is tailor-made for Conor McGregor, even if Conor's not the Conor he was of the past. Because Michael Chandler comes straight in, straight out. He doesn't use a whole lot of difference in angles. He eats shots to try to give his shots. All the things that make Conor salivate. Okay, now, can Michael out-wrestle Conor? Yes. Will Michael out-wrestle Conor? No. Because we've seen that Michael Chandler is into being an exciting fighter, which he is. But that doesn't make him a smart fighter in some of these fights because he's more into being entertaining and putting on great performances than he is into getting the win. If he wants to win against Conor McGregor, he should be wrestling the whole time. You know, make it to where Conor's arms get heavy. Make it to where Conor cannot. You know, stop the takedown. Take him down. You know, abuse him on the ground. Let him get back up at the end of the round and then start it all over again the next round. But that's not what's going to happen. And if you put Leon Edwards against Connor now, look, this is the and this is the difference. Length, Leon Edwards has an advantage. Speed, Leon Edwards has an advantage. Everything that Connor was good at, Leon Edwards is good at range control, all those things. I don't think that Leon Edwards is an easy fight for Connor at all. I think that's a hard matchup for Connor McGregor to win, especially now. Leon Edwards walks right through Connor McGregor. He walks yeah. right through him. He's he's the first guy to take down Kamar Usman. You think he's not going to take down Connor McGregor? Like he's going to get that takedown. And when he does, he's he's changed his game so much. He's phenomenal on the ground now. Leon yeah. Edwards is. He's a good grappler. He's got good wrestling. I wouldn't. And he doesn't need to stand with Connor. He'll take Connor out of his own realm of being on the feet and but dictate he can. The, the pace. He it doesn't have to. He he can stand with him. He doesn't he have can. to take him down. Yeah, he can do it on the feet. He's faster. He's right. longer. I think he's a little slicker than than this Connor. If I would have said the Eddie Alvarez Connor, I'd probably say okay. Now I, I get it. It's different. That yeah. ain't him no more. The other thing, look, he's got a plate in his leg. He ain't kicking as much as people think he's going to be kicking with that leg. I got a plate in my leg. That shit hurts. It hurts. If they bump it, if they check it, if you hit the elbow at all, it's fucking painful. I mean, my first fight with Gilbert, I kicked to the body all the time. I broke it after that first fight. I broke my uh, my fibula and tibula or whatever it is, and I got a plate now there with nine screws. I no longer really kicked to the body. I had to make sure that it was so set up that I knew I wasn't going to kick your elbow because, fuck, that shit would drop me every single time. Even with pads on, I'd kick someone's elbow, and it, it just resonated through my whole leg up into my hip. It hurt so bad. The plate gets caught between your skin and then the, the screws. It's painful, man. Extremely painful. So he's not going to be kicking like everyone thinks he's going to be kicking. It ain't going to Oh, no. He's got, a, he's got a steel rod in his leg. He'll kick no. much harder. It's like, no. No. 
It is. It's going to be painful. He's going to kick less, a lot less. So now yeah. he's going to be a one-dimensional, more of a one-dimensional fighter, boxer. What what he's going to find out is when he's in training, it's going to hurt, and then it's going to be the question: Do I get this plate and these screws out? Yep. I left mine in. Which I wish I would have had him taken out. I just didn't want to waste the time because I was getting older at the time. That's it. It's just. It was, you know, you're in your prime. I was in my prime when that happened. I was like 30 years old or whatever, 29, 30 years old. And then I broke it. And I'm like, I, do I really want to wait, you know, another yeah. six months before I can start training again? I've already waited 16 months to to be able to kick with it. So, yeah, it was it was a lot, man. It's a lot. So uh, he won't be kicking as much. Probably won't be moving as much. Um, You know, he's going to be back down to just being a boxer. Now he's going to have to work on his wrestling a lot. You know, Chandler, he, I think Chandler will wrestle a little bit. As much as we talk about Chandler being a, a low fight IQ fighter, I think mm-hmm. in this fight, because a, I, think, I think he understands a win over Connor is a lot more important than having a, a loss to Connor and being exciting. A win will set his, his precedent for him to get to the next level of, of pay, the next level of competition, whatever it is. He'll be able to start kind of calling his shots a little bit more amongst the media and all those things. One thing I've learned about Michael Chandler, he's a fucking attention whore. Like he loves fucking the media. He loves it. And so one of those, when you have a guy like him, he'll make up all, he's a little bit, he's, he's a salesman. That's what he is. He will do whatever it takes, I think, to win this fight. This is, I think he's going to take this a little bit more serious. I think he will wrestle a little bit more, but can he get out of the first round and a half? Both these guys, they're not known for their cardio. You know, Michael Chandler's a dog. He can fight the full five rounds at a, at a fucking real fast pace. But he needs his breaks in there because he loads up on everything. He doesn't fight smart. He exudes energy when he shouldn't, when he should take a step back and dial it in. Deep breaths and then push the pace. He doesn't do those things. I think in this fight, you're going to see him be a little bit more patient with certain things. He's going to come out hard and aggressive. I think Connor's going to come out hard and aggressive. But I look at this fight and I go, I think he's going to end up trying to utilize some of that wrestling. Because he knows that if I get this win, I can kind of write the rest of my ticket. You know, he'll he'll be doing talk shows. He'll be doing more media stuff. He'll be it'll be a big deal to him. He'll they'll start bringing him more probably into the fold uh, with the ESPN like um, commentary stuff. They're gonna start doing now. They've got something they can piggyback off of. That's what I think. I think he understands well, he what the, the, the writing number one. Yeah, he's got some work to do on that. By the way. <laughs> wow. Um, wow. So I didn't know this was. Um, I knew I could like sense this. My big, my big John senses kicked in. Um, there was a co-main title fight here in the con- the Connor Nate Diaz one. It was a uh, Holly and Misha mm-hmm. for the title, and that was co-main to their non-title fight. Got it. So I just wanted to throw that out there. It has happened, and they can do it with a Connor card. There you and go. They will do it with a Connor card, possibly. So possibly. That's it. all right. Um. Next story here, uh, Bilal Muhammad looks, uh, wants to start embracing the hero or says he is willing to start embracing uh, the, the heel role, um, you know, given all the fan backlash and he's tried so hard just to kind of push to be the face. So what do you guys think about this? Should he or should he not? He's 36 years old, John. You have nowhere else to go, buddy. Like embrace the heel role. Get it going right now as fast and as hard as you possibly can. You're not getting any love outside of that. And I love watching you fight, especially in your last couple of fights where he's changed the way he's fighting. He's not just wrestling yep. you now. He's really letting the hands go, striking, mixing up the wrestling, the top pressure, all of those things. He's doing a great job. He was just out here at AKA training also last week uh, before heading out to Vegas. He's he's a good fighter. He's a really good fighter. He's really coming to his own as of recently. And I think that he's going to have 
a good chance of beating Leon Edwards if he fights him. But he's got to get there first. I think they're going to make him fight another fight in between before they get him to the title shot. Yep. I look at it this way. Embrace being the heel. Who cares? Bilal, let me make this as simple as I can for you. Zero fucks. That's what you should be giving (laughs) about what people think, okay? You are fighting right now at the best you've ever. You're at the top level of the sport. You're one fight away, if not right next to that title opportunity. Man, if you you want to be the heel, be the heel. Who cares? Go out and make people hate you because it's real simple. Those people that hate you will pay money to watch you get beat. Yeah. And when you don't give them what they want, they're just going to come back the next time to try again. And you're going to make the money off of it. Give zero fucks what people care about. Being the hill, no big deal. Here's the negative thing about being the hill. And I've said this for, for the longest time. When you're the heel, you actually are putting more pressure on yourself to win because, oh, I've said all these things. I've done all these things. Like, you know that people want to dislike you, so you you play into it. So what happens if you do lose, that whole pack of haters comes raining down on social media, comes raining down in the public. that's why you've got to give zero. Yeah, it's hard though, John. It's hard, especially when you're planning to be in the hill, like Koscheck, right? Once he lost one, it became like he lost another, he lost another, he lost another. It's hard to get out of that. You see fighters that play the hill. It's almost like once they lose one, because they're riding high, it's easy for them to play the hill. Colby Covington, easy to play the hill when you're winning. As soon as you lose and everyone comes out of the woodwork going, I knew you were shitty, you suck, blah, blah, blah. Then it's hard for you to get those wins again. I think Colby, though. Colby there's, was. There, there's, been, there's, there's been some uh, some definite examples of guys that were heels that people ended up loving. Bisping. Bisping was a heel. Everyone hated Bisping. He had a whole country I would tell behind people, him. No, the difference is he had a whole he, country behind him, John. Yeah, but still, man, he he would walk into an arena and people would boo. I mean, it was crazy. Because he was a jerk on the show. On The Ultimate Fighter, he was a total jerk. Okay, but you take a look at his career and where he went with it and everything. In the end, people, they loved Mike. Look at what he's doing now. Well, like because people... They love Mike. But look, I've said it for the longest time. He had a whole country behind him, which means didn't matter what he did, his country still backed him, which we don't have that really in the States, to be honest. You get U.S. fighters, like you're, it's rare that they're going to follow their guy. They're going to follow whoever's popular. That's the U.S. kind of mindset. The American fans, that's what they do. They'll follow what's hot, what's new, what's recent, like those type of things. Yeah. Ireland's going to follow Connor to the death. You know, uh, the UK is going to follow, follow Leon, well, going to follow Bisbee, going to follow. And we're, we're in Ireland all the time. And how many Irish fans come up and say, I hate Connor McGregor? Yeah. Why? Why do you hate him, man? Yeah. He's, he's done great things here. Yeah. He's, but. he's done a lot of good to bring, uh, to, you know, the spotlight to Ireland. Yeah. But he's also helped pave the way for some of the younger guys. You got, you know, uh, James yes, Gallagher. Yes. You, had, you know, Peter Queeley was able to make another run, you know, because of uh, the things that he has done. Uh, you know, you got good fighters out of there. And SPG is doing a – John Cavanaugh is doing a good job with the group of guys that he has there. Good fighters. Um, what else you got for us? All right, we'll wrap up in this last one here. Uh, Nunez saying that uh, Aldana's more dangerous than Juliana Pena. True or false and why? 
Both. It's true and false because Irene Irene Aldana is much better in the stand-up than Pena as far mm -hmm. as she's sharper. She's got more power. Um, but she's not as good on the ground as Juliana Pena. So she's not as good a wrestler. She's If you watched Amanda Nunez when she fought Jermaine Durandamy, that's the kind of fight she's going to try to fight against Aldana. She's a smart fighter. She's going to put her opponents where they're weakest. And she wants to put Aldana on the ground, on her back, and just wear her out with her superiority in grappling. If she is fighting someone's a good grappler, she's going to keep it on the feet. Look, Amanda is a smart fighter. She knows exactly you know where she has advantages in this fight. And so you look and say, is Aldana more dangerous? In the stand-up, she is. On the ground, she's not. She's gonna like she's in that stage of her career where she's kind of reached a peak and a high. She's got two titles, two different weight classes. You know, she's beat who many thought was, you know, or is or whatever the GOAT, you know, in terms of how she beat Cyborg. Those are all things like anything after that, it just seems kind of like you're just doing it for the money. There's not a huge talent pool when it comes to the females. You have the top five, top six, top seven, but outside of that. Every promotion that has females, they're struggling to get as many as they possibly can, especially in the upper weight classes. Now it's more of like the the atom weight and the straw weight and the the lighter weight classes that have more females. And so with her, she's she was thinking about retirement, is what I heard. You know, after her loss to Amanda Nunez. Or not Amanda Nunez, but uh uh Juliana Pena. Sorry, Juliana <laughs> well, Pena. She lost to Amanda. Amanda Nunez lost to Amanda Nunez. So Juliana Pena, like she she thought about retirement, but that's because going through your mind, like I've already reached all the goals that I've wanted to reach. I've hit the peak. Like I'm just now I'm fighting people I don't think that are on my level. And it's hard to get up and motivated for those type of people. So true. um I look at Irene. Irene's Aldana is a very good fighter, but Amanda's gonna fight her very smart. I also think her stepping away from American top team. Having her own location, her own gym, training in her own facility, doing her own thing. I think she's uh, everything's now tailor-made around her and what's best for me. And I thought she looked great against her in, in her Pena rematch. I look for her to probably just carry it on. Something new. You like People don't realize how much, how difficult it is to become the champion, how difficult, how difficult it is to keep retaining stay the title, the to, to stay the champion. But then on top of it, what motivates you? every fight you need something to motivate you the change maybe of new mitt holder a change maybe of a new gym a change maybe of you know my running routine a new a new coach for my cardio and my muscle endurance it's got to be something new that's constantly motivating you to get better what's making me what's inspiring me to get to that next level and she's gonna have to keep finding that for the rest of her career because she's already achieved everything that she's wanted to achieve True. It's going to be hard for her, I think, moving forward. Yeah. So she's one of those fighters I think could potentially just step away one day like, look, I've done it all. I'm done. You know? Yeah. Which is surprising to me that that Chris Cyborg hadn't done that yet. You know? But I think she just understands that she's in a place where she can still make a lot of money. She still kind of has a big – she's a, still a pretty big draw. And I think Cyborg, Cyborg's got a couple of things sitting there looking at her that – can make her good money. It's a good fight for her. Mm -hmm. You know, the Kayla Harrison, that yeah. fight right there, Kayla and Amanda were teammates. So that's kind of, there is that little bit in there. I'm not saying they wouldn't fight, especially now since Amanda's in her own spot, but Chris has got that Kayla Harrison thing mm -hmm. going. So that, that might have something. Speaking of who's buying Bellator. 
Come on, Josh. Is it the PFL? Is it somebody else? What do you think? Um, my top- I had some. I had some, here. I had someone ask me this, and this is why I, I bring it up. Is someone asked me, you know, you know, wouldn't you be happy if the PFL bought you know Bellator? And I and I'm, I told no, I wouldn't. And it's not. Here's the reason why. We need promotions. I would love, you know, in one way, I look and say, I would love to see the PFL by Bellator because mm-hmm. I think that puts them in a position if they, you know, do things right. And I think they have very smart people that are, uh, you know, running them right now. I think Peter Murray is super smart, uh, understands the sporting world. They're not going to stay just with their format that they have now. They're going to open things up because they're going to have a lot more people and they're going to have the ability to match up with the UFC mm-hmm. and be right there, you know, in a lot of ways. I look at it as a negative in that less fighters, less fighters have contracts, mm-hmm. less fighters have the ability to be on the big stage based upon you can only have so many people. Uh, would they keep all the fighters from Bellator? I doubt it. You know, and they're definitely going to get rid of, you know, Bellator as far as, you know, they would absorb it. They would, they would have. You know, keep the library, keep, you know, which fighters they wanted and the rest they they would get rid of. So is it good in some ways? Good in some ways. Bad in some ways? Bad in some ways. But, you know, who knows? But what do you think? Well, I look at, there's a couple things that I want people to understand is this roster, and I came from the Strikeforce roster. This roster at Bellator has better fighters than the Strikeforce roster did when it closed. Now, everyone's like, yeah, what are you talking about? You had DC, Robbie, Luke, T. Wood, Verdum, all became champions. You're right. They did. Okay. And I'm saying that this group of fighters, that the top three or four in Bellator, they could do the same thing. Like, you're going to tell me that Yaroslav Amosov and Johnny Eblin, Patricio picking which weight class. I just talked to him the other day. He's like, bro, my power is still there. Patchy mix for sure. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you've got Patricio and different Pico would have a really good shot, whether it's at 45. I mean, Pico's not a big guy. If he really wanted to kill himself and get himself down to 35, I think he'd have a really good chance. A really good chance. He could probably win it at 35. And then I know at 45, he feels real comfortable. He doesn't cut a lot of weight. He does cut, but he doesn't cut a lot of weight. He's not a big guy. And so when I look at the fighters, you got Amosov, Eblin, they're tailor-made for the group of guys that are in the UFC right now. Do I think it's good? No, I never think it's good when you close up a division because I'll tell you this, not a division, but a promotion, is that there's 300, there's what, 250 to 300 fighters on the Bellator roster. Yeah. If PFL was to buy it, they would literally take 20 fighters and then the rest would be cut. That's exactly what no. would happen. Yes. No. Absolutely. No. Yep, I'll no. bet you. How no. much you want to bet? As much as you well, want. Because I had a conversation with people that work for the PFL and they said, yeah, we only want about 20 fighters. That's it. And I've had a conversation with people in PFL too. And they're not keeping them. They're not keeping them. They're not keeping them. I know know people in the PFL that are in different countries right now. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just, look, the way way that I'm looking at it, I say, look, if you're an investment group, because there's a couple that are actually on the hook right now that are are seriously thinking about buying it outside of the PFL. And as much as I've heard that it's unlikely the PFL will end up getting it, the other ones... If if you're if you're an investor and you're listening to this or you're like anyone's like in the sport, this group is a lot better than the group that the strike. Not a lot better. They're just there's more of them that could have potential to become champion in any organization or that are already champions in Bellator. You have a you have a pretty deep roster. What they need 
is the ability to sign more fighters and have more shows. That's all. The only thing that Bellator is lacking right now is instead of having 14 to 18 shows a year, they need 24, a minimum of 24 a year, two a month, guaranteed. Um, yep. Be able to break into new markets. You've got fighters that are from other countries that um, they've got a huge following. Why not hit those markets? We know that there's there's a ton of top level talent that's in Sweden right now that can be tapped into. We know in Amsterdam, there's you know you can go there now. I mean, there's plenty of places to go in the UK market, uh, as well as maybe even hit up Australia. There's there's places that Bellator needs to try to get to, and that can happen with new investors. And we're gonna see what happens, man. But I mean, I don't see a positive. I, I mean, be, I'm just being honest. I don't see a positive. For the fighters and the athletes, if PFL was to buy it, I just don't. I don't see one because they they've made it clear they're going to keep their format. Well, those yeah, fighters are going to keep the format. That's a problem. They're going to keep their format, so they've that's made it dumb. clear they're not going to change anything. They're going to keep their PFL format with their, which means all those fighters that come over. That's why they can't have two hundred fifty fighters or three hundred fighters, because if they do that, how are they going to put them all onto onto these cards? They don't have. They only have fourteen shows a year. They're not going to be able to do them all and still have that tournament format. You can't do it. So they're going to cut. I would say at least eighty percent of those fighters. Now that That's puts crazy. that puts all those fighters where. So it's it's a it's a shitty situation. I think for all the athletes more so. But if it does happen, it happens. You got to deal with it. And I think there'll be another promotion that pops up, probably shortly after, uh, because they think there's going to be a, a lull in the market. There'll be a little bit of a void that needs to be filled, and somebody's going to come in with some investors and really start to try and make a push. That's the way I look at it. I mean, you've got fighters on, you got fighters on this roster. Like you got Amosov, twenty-seven and zero. Johnny Eblen's twelve and zero. He's the champ. I'm like, it's these guys are good. Patricio, I know he's got he's got some losses. What three or four losses? But the guys five five losses. But he's um he's beaten all the other guys except for one that had beaten him. He's beat all those other guys back. So he's, Who's that guy? Uh, Pat Curran. No. No. Oh, Joe sorry. Warren. Sorry. The wrestler. Joe Warren. There you go. The wrestler. Joe sorry. <laughs> I get the two never, of them kind of mixed up a little bit, even though they're never. Alike. He never got to fight him again. No, he didn't yeah. get to fight him again. Well, you got Patricio. You know, I think Lima going up to 85. I'm going to see how much of a, of a benefit it is for him. I think it's going to be a lot better for him. I'm not saying he's going to become mm-hmm. champion. He's done everything he could do. I, I look at Lima like I look at Amanda Nunes. He's done everything. He's won the million dollar tournament. He's beat guys like Rory McDonald. You know, he's he's had big wins, big knockouts, big submission wins. Hard, like, hard to get up. It's hard to get up for guys. Now you go to eighty five. Now it's like all of a sudden these guys are these guys are killers, man. The younger generation coming up. Now I don't got to cut as much weight. I have the energy to go the full three or the full five. I think we'll see a little bit of a resurgence in his career. Um, him being eighty five. Now, like I said, I don't think I don't know if he's going to go to be in, coming the champion, but I think he's going to have a little resurgence there. So that'll be good. Um, you know, I look at guys like Nemkov. I mean, this is a really tough fight. Everyone's like, oh, well, Yoel couldn't win it at 85 in the UFC. Yoel cut a ton of weight, and he always slowed down in the later rounds. Now he's not cutting the yep. weight. He's fighting at 205. You may see the best Yoel Romero at 46 or 47 years old, which is fucking mind-blowing to me. I've, he, started out, he started off as a light heavy. When he was yeah. in Strike Force, he was a light heavy. Yeah. Who did he lose to? He yeah. lost to uh, Fei Zhao, right? Oh, my God. Exactly. Fei Zhao, right? Knocked him out? Fei Zhao. Yep. That's so yeah, weird. Early. How the fuck do you that was his out second fight with no neck? That was his second fight. Yeah. yeah. And that was and Fei Zhao ended up being a really good fighter, and then he just kind of petered out towards the end, but he was a fantastic fighter also. Yep. Um, 
don't know, man. I, I think that I like the idea of a new investment group coming along, coming in. And I could tell you guys details on certain stuff, but of the, of what's going on, but it's not my, it's not my place. It's not, it's not my place to talk about it. So uh, I, there are, there are investment groups that are interested. There's several of them, not a lot, but several of them. And then you've got the PFL who is trying to put together some money and trying to see if they can get it together. But I think in, in PFL, they're already $200 million in debt with their company. Now they're going back to try to get some more money. And now you're going to have to buy these contracts because some of the top level fighters in Bellator, man, they have some high end contracts because they got to pay more because they're, they're in competition with the UFC. They're in competition with one. They're in competition. So they, if you want the best fighters to come to your organization, you got to pay a little bit more, a little bit more guaranteed right. money. Yeah, but so the PFL is used to that. No, I get it. I understand they're, that. They're but that. if you're going to an investor, this is where I want. If you're going to an investor like someone that uh, that they've been going to PFL, I've already given you 200 million. You've spent it, and now when I buy, I give you another 200 million to buy this company to bring in their fighters. Those fighters now you have to buy their contracts, and if you buy their contracts, each one of those fighters is making a certain amount of money. Cyborg. AJ McKee, Patricio, Johnny Eblen, they all just re-signed. Yaroslav Amosov, all of them just re-signed for pretty damn good money. So that's a big, that's a big, uh, now not only am I paying this much money for it, I'm also having to buy all these contracts of people that are my champions or they're my number one or number two guy right behind the champion. So it's something that, that they're going to have to consider. And then you're going to put me in a, in a format where I'm going to fight three times real early. I mean, they're going to be making m- they're going to be making triple what the winner of the tournament gets. <laughs> so not only am I giving you the money to buy the company, now I'm going to have, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I, it's, it's a lot, though. There's so many working ends of this thing, you know, that people don't realize. And for all the fighters that you, you release, you're going to have to pay them out. If, they, if they're coming off of a win, you're going to have to well, pay out not. their contract. How do you release them? No, you're not. I have a contract so, with mo- you. Excuse me. Most fighters' contracts are open-ended in the fact that I can release you at any time. I don't owe you. If I release you, mm. yeah, it's like the UFC. The UFC. This is why when when people, you know, oh, they signed an eight-fight contract with the UFC. I'm going, why are you doing that? They can release you after the first fight on that. It's not like it. It benefits you in the fact that oh. You have security. You never have security. They can release you in any time. Doesn't weird. mean they will, but they can. Really? Because my contract, yes. even when I went back to them in 2013, whatever it was, my contract with them was only I could be released off of a loss. I couldn't be released otherwise. Now, there okay. was that conduct thing. That was that your contract. You yeah. But there was a conduct thing that they started doing where you had to sign like a they, personal contract. switched those over how many times? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got that part. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Ah. So, so let me let me ask you this then. Uh, PFL. Hold it. Uh, you were listening, Dave? He never does. <laughs> PFL is um, on ESPN Plus. Dana White's on record saying he, uh, he respects the PFL guys. Would, do, you, do you see a scenario where PFL buys up Bellator's good talent, uh, has their own solid talent, especially with Francis on there now, and ESPN can now negotiate some sort of cross promotion for ratings? Cross promotion with who? UFC and B- PFL. No, no, no. You don't see it. No. Never. No. Oh, ne- negative. That. Ain't happening. No. Uh, I, I actually. I, this is what I actually believe. I think as soon as if they were to buy Bellator and they were to put it on ESPN, I think that would automatically they would look to get them off of ESPN. 
they would end up having to shop another network. I think them purchasing what? and being on ESPN. I don't. I don't. I don't think. I think that Dana and ESPN will say, "Hey, we fucking we kept your guys' ratings up during COVID. You need to do us a favor. This company's got to go. They got to find a new platform to be on." I don't think they're gonna. I, I don't think he'd want them on on ESPN anymore. I just that's my belief on it. Like, hey, they've they've worn their welcome. They're welcome out. Well, he's done it before. Yeah, I mean, but he's yeah, saying like, it. hey, I've I've I dealt don't blame with them. Him. I've dealt with them being on here when we realized they only got four or five really good fighters that we that you know will bring attention, and they're only doing fourteen shows a year, so they're not a threat. But now you're going to sign twenty more new fighters that could potentially be their champions and raise the. They're going to sign more than that. I don't think so. Yeah, they would. Let's okay. Let's say they do forty. Let's say they do forty. Okay. And then within, okay, so and then after after the first 12, fifteen of them or ten of them lose, those guys are all gone. Once they lose one time, they're going to be gone. Yeah, they're, they're, if they're only doing fourteen shows a year, they don't have they don't have the space to do if, more. I admit, if they stuck with that same format, but you can't stick with that format. They're gonna watch. Not if, not if you're not if you're buying this. No way. Well, then you they better go. To, they up. better go to those people you in Saudi have, Arabia think, think with a better this. business plan. Then, then think about this. How many times have you, you know, it's it's no different than what's the Dana White Contender Series, mm-hmm. okay? What is the Ultimate Fighter? What is, you know, UFC Fight Nights? Those are all lesser shows because you have your main and you have the same as what Strike Force had, Strike Force mm-hmm. and then Strike Force Challengers, yeah. right? Okay, so the PFL would have their PFL tournament, but it would be their younger fighters trying to make a name and stuff like that. And then they have their PFL pay-per-view and their PFL pay-per-view is the Francis Ngannos and it would be the Kayla Harris. Yes. They're never going to make it. They're smart people. Yeah. Pay- yeah. They're, they're smart not going to sit there and do 14 shows. Those smart people though, they have to really, they better come with a better business plan. If you're going to Saudi Arabia looking for money, Hey, I need, I need this much money. Well, guess what? I need a better business plan. If I'm an, <laughs> let's not be mistaken though the the people in saudi arabia or qatar or wherever they're getting money from dubai whatever it is they're not dumb they didn't get there by mistake no they know how to invest their money they're not fucking stupid That's right and so absolutely look taking a 200 million dollar loss they can deal with that you know and whatever trying to figure something out see if they want to be in that business but they can't deal with another two hundred million on top of buying fighters' contracts and everything else. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, let me ask you: why Why would they buy Bellator? Why would they want to buy Bellator? Not for twenty people. No, I agreed. Not for twenty because why wouldn't you just offer those twenty people good contracts when their contracts come up? If it's just twenty, so why would they? And they're not buying Bellator for a library of fighters that they don't have. Well, you can't offer a fighter a contract while while they're under contract with someone. You can't talk to them. You get sued well, no, for that. I mean like when the contract. But then come fighters up. will always like like how Dana does it. You try to read. You try to sign them the year before their fight contract comes up, so you don't have to deal with free free market. Before so then, before they have their last fight. Yeah. So then signing. you can't. You never get an opportunity to talk to the. So fighter. then why are they buying Bellator? Why Why would they want to buy? Because Bellator? they don't have any good fighters at PFL. They've got like a handful, so they're looking for more action. They're trying to bring in more talent that can feed the fuel to them. I mean, look, I've said this over recently. I'm like, I've got a lot of respect for Ray Brother Cooper the Third. They've got a couple. They've got they've got a handful. Uh, Brandon Lochnane. They've I like Bubba Jenkins. I know there's a lot of good fighter Chris Wade. There's other good fighters in there that I'm missing off the top of my head. There's great fighters in there. They've got, they've got, I'd say probably a good ten, really, really good fighters. But they keep running the same gauntlet every year. 
It's the same fighters in their tournaments. We're seeing rematches over and over again. They need to bring in new talent. Well, there's not enough new talent out there to bring in for people to be attracted to. You can't just sign someone off the street and go, yeah, that guy now is going to be in the tournament. Now, I, no one cares about that guy being in the tournament. You bring in someone from Bellator who's the champ. Now he's in the tournament. Now that brings a little bit more eyeballs to the tournament. They're going to have to change it up. I agree with John. And I've, I said this with the person I was talking to. They're going to have to change up their format and their business plan if they're going to make this work. I just don't think that they're, they're planning on doing that. And I've been told they're not planning on doing that. They're going to have the same format with the same thing. I'm like, wait, you're going to pay these guys this much money to be in a tournament and they're going to fight at least three times or twice and possibly three. Like you're going to be paying a lot of money to these guys and girls. <laughs> you know what it's I mean? In a short, very short span. Yeah. In a very short span. I mean, that's a lot of money out in your first in your first year of owning this this thing. I mean, if you try to make it pay-per-view, what did they do their first pay-per-view? 8,000 views? Yeah, it wasn't I, good. It's not good. It's just not good. I don't I don't see... If I'm an I investor, you're only keep, I don't see it happening. I'm, if, if, I'm, if I'm someone who's already in on the PFL, right? I've already invested all this money. I don't see them yeah, being it, able to come up it with It doesn't mean... Yeah, but they don't have to get an investment from somebody that's already invested. Yeah, that's true. We can go other places. So. That's true. That's true. I mean, I look at ah. the other. I think the, I look at the other investors that are on that had put in bids, and I think that there's a good chance that one of them may kind of surge a little bit more. But we'll see, though. That's surge, surging. I think so surging. So, so then is is the purchase more um, less PFL wanting to buy Bellator, more Bellator just wants an out for their investors? Is that is that like what we're looking at right now? And out for their investors. I don't give Well, they don't saying. have any investors. Their investors is Viacom. Well, Viacom owns yeah, it hundred percent. Bell Bellator is right, owned so, by Viacom. Yeah. So so, so Viacom Viacom just on. has no idea how to run a promotion. So they're like, why why are we having a promotion when Yeah, it's so really so not our business what, model. More so what I mean is no. is it more on the side of somebody just somebody on the Bellator side just is trying to get money and get rid of this thing versus PFL really wants I, to be I don't Bellator. I don't think so. It's more of a they were looking I think for a partner is what I've heard from everybody. Not not people that yeah. really work for the promotion. I've heard from investment groups that are actually putting the uh, bids on it. They said, "Yeah, we're just they're looking for a partner. We're interested in being a partner." We'd love to, to join with Viacom and see what we can do to help bring more publicity to, to Bellator. So we'll see if Viacom takes that. You know, I mean, they, they want to be an investor in the Bellator family or in the Bellator uh, business and in the fight business. These other investors, they own other things, you know, other sports companies, other franchises. They own all these other things as well. They just want to be more. Now they want to kind of get into the, the fight industry. They see there's money to be made there. If they do it right, they think they can do it. So we'll see. There's several of them. I think there's five or six people that have put uh, bids in. And uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, either way, I don't think ever getting rid of a promotion. I think I love I love when like Shark Fights was around, Titan Fights, Cage yeah. Warriors, all these. I love, you know, uh, LFA, all of them. It's good Bama. for every fighter to really get an opportunity. King of the Cage, Gladiators back in the day. WC used to be, you know, a smaller show also. It's good for fighters to have a place to go to really test themselves to get to get an opportunity to fight everywhere around the world. It's good for them. And so having less promotions is never good because there's less fight. There's less ability for fighters to. Well, you you can take experience. a look at the UFC, and this is part of why people you know there's lawsuits against the UFC over monopoly. 
you know, being a and that's one of the reasons, you know, the UFC would never think of trying to buy the PFL. They can't. It's legally it's gonna mm-hmm. screw them. But you take a look at, you know, they did absorb the WEC. They bought the WEC. They did absorb and buy Strike Force. They did absorb and buy Pride. They yeah. did absorb and buy the WFA. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot out there that they just, you know, and every time that happens, you have a promotion that mm-hmm. it's good in one way that you bring those fighters into one realm so you can see the matchups. It's great, but it's bad as far as other fighters now not having a place to, you know, be able to perform, to get paid, and to have a home. That makes it tough. Yep. So then why do you think UFC comes in? Sorry, I know you're trying to close this No, out. no, you're right. Why do you right. What, why do you think um, if Bellator is so up for sale, right? Um, then why, then why, if the UFC bought up all those companies ten years ago, why, why do you think there's no interest from them to pick up the talent that is over there? Because there's some talent for them that's worth keeping. No, there's no, look. They would love to have the talent. They would love to be able to absorb the talent from mm-hmm. Bellator. And, and the video library, they is have lawsuits yeah, going against right them now. right now, right now that are about them being a monopoly. If they bought Bellator, they're they're paying out the lawsuit. Yeah, you know you're paying out the, the money for Bellator. They can't do it. You know, they're in a position. It's like we would like to, can't do it. Yeah. Not going to do it. And don't blame them. They're being smart. You you can only do so much. They bought so many different promotions that it, it does make them look like a monopoly. But they can sit there and say, oh no, look at there's the PFL out there. Mm-hmm. They're big. There's one. There's Bellator. They're not going to do anything. To try to lose no. another promotion out there. No, I really they know believe, they're the number one. I really believe that they, <clears throat> like, if it was possible to make it look like they're working across the board for the promotions, what they did with one when they did the trade with DJ and Ben Askren, I thought that was a great idea. It let them know they're willing to work with other promotions and let everyone else out there too that with the lawsuits and everything else say, "Hey, we're not here just to like show that we're the best. We're here to make." business transactions we're here doing what we can we're interchanging with other promotions i would love to see bellator do some more changes some more trades um you know there was potential of a trade with them you know back in the day that um that was supposed to happen that never came to fruition but uh that was going to be a big trade would have been absolutely fucking awesome but it didn't it didn't happen and so i think that if if something like this was to happen, I think I'd like to see the investment group come in and just see what they can do. See how many more shows you have to have a minimum. I believe 22 to 24 shows a year. If you want to even make a dent, because if you're gone for longer than a month, if you're just doing one show a month, it's hard for the fans to stay up with you. You know, we are so used to the swipe, right? Swipe left or swipe up, swipe down stuff that it's, we're used to those five second fixes. Okay, something new, five seconds, something new, five It's We're used to that. So if I don't see the fighters on a platform at least twice a month, then I, people just start to lose interest. Start That's why it's hard. Yeah, they forget. Yep. People's memory is very short term. So... All right, guys. Well, hey, that's going to wrap up our show today. We got WayneInMerch.com. Got some of our short sleeve shirts that are out there right now. So we got to also get some hats that are available. You guys can keep your face protected from the sun with our hats and check it all out at WayneInMerch.com. And uh, John, take us away, bud. For everyone out there, I hope you have a fantastic rest of the week. Watch the fights on Saturday. There should be actually some good fights that we just talked about. And for everyone out there, hope you had a great Memorial Day weekend, and we will see you.